Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. We want to really talk about prayer this morning. Amen. We want to talk about prayer this morning. And um, the, the theme of this teaching this morning is enforcing destiny by warfare prayer enforcing your destiny by warfare prayer Mm. prayer is the master key to every door the bible says in ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to verse 12 i really if you have your bible that's where we're going to start from We're going to start from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10, all through to verse 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand Against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then it says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand. Having done all to stand. Do not sit down. Stand. That's the scripture. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Over the years, God has taught me the principle of success in Christian race. God has taught me great lessons that Christian race is not funfair, but warfare. Christian race is not funfair, but warfare. The race you are running is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, or the bread to the wise or food to men of understanding, but time and chance. So God is telling us that the battle is a call to battle. Christian life is a call to battle. Why? Because Job chapter 14 and verse 1, Job 14 verse 1 say, man that is born of a woman is of few days but full of trouble. Man that is born of a woman is of few days but full of trouble. This means life is a mixture of trouble, sorrow, and sometimes it could be rosy and sometimes it could be rough. Jesus never promised us 
that there will be no trouble. Jesus never promised you a trouble-free journey. But he said that even when you go through the river, I am with you. You climb the mountain, my presence is with you. He promised us that he is going to go with us all the way, no matter how rough the road may look like. That's what Jesus promised. And that's where we know and that's where we stand. So... We are going to look at this word enforcing your destiny by warfare prayer. What is destiny? What is destiny? Let's get started from there. <laughs> what is destiny? Our children here can tell you what destiny is. Maybe they will say, oh, destiny is um, a church in Daphne that... Uh, that's good, you know, just by the high school. That's destiny. And we are people of destiny. Amen? Amen. Tell somebody, say, we are people of destiny. So what is destiny? I'm giving you two definitions of destiny, and then we move on. Destiny is the blueprint of God's plan for your life. Period. Destiny is the blueprint of God's plan for your life, period. Full stop. So if they ask you what is destiny, simple. It's the blueprint of God's plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The thought of peace and not of evil to give you your expected end. God has an expected end for you. So your destiny has been programmed by God before you were conceived of your mother. Jeremiah chapter 1 tells us that, hey, God said, Jeremiah, I have ordained you to be a prophet. Jeremiah said, I'm a little baby, I'm a kid. That's not assignment for children. And God said, oh yeah, I understand where you are coming from, but I tell you what, I knew you before your mama conceived you. Oh, that's cool to me. That's cool to me. That means neither me nor anybody here is a biological accident. No. We're not a biological accident. We are God's plan. So God look at somebody like you and he said, you know what? This guy can fulfill my purpose, all right? And he worked out every plan for you and finished all the plan about you and set you on course to begin the race and back up and back up to get your life started when he has already finished everything about you. <laughs> and then here comes you, nine months in your mama's womb, and you begin to scramble around, and your mama went into labor, and your mama gave birth to you, and I heard somebody crying, and your life started, 
And every time you go through some stuff, you wonder, where is God? Oh yes, God has factored everything into the program and plan of your life from beginning to the end. He knows your name. He knows your mama is going to give you that name. He knows everything that you've been through, that you're going to go through them. He knows you're going to climb mountain. He knows you're going to walk through valley. He knows you're going to meet people that you meet. He knows that you are going to be a member of Destiny Church even before you were born. You are not here by accident. The Lord, by the calculation of destiny, has brought you into this place to fulfill your destiny assignment. And you are here as a destiny fulfiller. So nothing about your life takes God by accident. Even so many things that make you cry in your room at night. God is aware of them. He knows you're going to go through that. He knows you're going to suffer what you suffered. He knows you are going to be hired by that company. And he knows that you are going to be at that level. He knows you are going to suffer what you suffer. He knows at some point you are going to be fired by that company. He knows at some point you're going to suffer rejection. He knows at some point people are going to turn their back on you. He has factored everything about your life into your destiny. Seen it this, and I tell you, nothing about you takes God by surprise. He knows you, He knows you, He knows you, He knows you. Hallelujah! Say with me, say destiny. Say it again, say destiny. One more time, say destiny. All right, so God has everything planned out for you, and He say what? He say your expectation is what. You are going to have at the end of the day. Destiny number two. What is destiny? Number two. Destiny is the purpose why you are created. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 7. Isaiah 43 verse 7. Look at what God said in Isaiah 43 verse 7. I want you to understand Isaiah 43 verse 7 tells us the purpose why you were created. He said, God said, everyone who is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. God said he created you for his glory. I have formed me, him. Yes, I have made him for my glory. So destiny simply means the purpose, fulfilling the purpose why you were created. So you are not created just to, you know, pass through life just like that. You are created for a reason. And the reason why you were created is stated in Isaiah 43 verse 7. That you were created for his glory. You are created to give him glory. You are created to give him honor. You are created to give him worship. That's the reason. So if somebody asks you, why were you created? Tell that person, I am created for his glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. A lot of people exist on earth. They don't even know why they exist. They thought that life is all about wake up in the morning, go to work, come back from work, 
get your paycheck, pay the bills, and go back to work again. And uh, no, come on. Life is more than that. Life is more than that. You are created to bring glory to him. In the name of Jesus, every day of your life must bring glory to God. Every day of your life must bring glory to God. The Lord is saying to three people here that even though you are suffering rejection from people, God said, I know you're going to go through all of that, but I give you victory and I will make your glory to shine forth in my glory because I have created you for my glory. So destiny, God made us a life to give him glory. So if we are created for the glory of God, listen to this. It means that the more you live, the more God got glory. That's the scripture has this to say. God made us to be alive, to give him glory, not just to fulfill daily obligations. In Isaiah chapter 38, you can write that down and read it at home. Isaiah 38 from verse 18 to 19. For the grave cannot praise the Lord. The dead cannot praise the Lord. Death cannot celebrate my glory, says the Lord. They that go down into the grave cannot bring glory to my name. So you have to be alive to bring glory to God. You have to be alive to bring glory to God. Hezekiah said, Isaiah, you came to prophesy to me that I should put my house in order. That God said, I'm going to die now. No, sir. I don't want to die now. Because... I am created for his glory. I have not finished my assignment. And he turned his face to the wall. And he said, God, you know what? I'm not going to die now because the dead cannot give you glory. And he began to tell God, look at this. If I'm alive, I'm going to do this in your sanctuary. If I am alive, I'm going to bless the poor. If I'm alive, I'm going to go about the kingdom work. If I am alive, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And God said, yeah, you have a point. You have a point. Man, come on, Isaiah, come over here. Go back to that guy and tell him I'm Adding more 15 years to his years because I've seen that the dead cannot praise me. If you want to live long on earth, learn worship. If you want to live long on this earth, long to learn to give glory to God. The more you give glory to God, the more you enjoy longevity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Now, I want you to understand this very quickly, that there are enemy desperately out to destroy, terminate, and abort 
destinies. I'm just trying to, my best, in a way I can communicate this message to us because we're going to do warfare prayer here today. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't know how to pray warfare prayer, you're going to learn it this morning. And you're going to tell the devil, get out of my way or I kick your tail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. There are enemies out against your destiny who do not want the purpose of God to be fulfilled in your life. They don't want you to live long, so they want you to die and not to fulfill your God-given purpose in this very life. And there are so many examples in the Bible that show us how many destinies has been aborted, has been truncated, has been destroyed because they do not know the technicalities of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare guarantees your physical welfare. That we preach. Come on. <laughs> Spiritual warfare guarantees your physical welfare. Why? Because everything that is happening in this life is premeditated from the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm controls the physical realm. And that's why the Bible said <laughs> that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in the high places. We are fighting. Christian life is a daily battle. You won, you won, you won, you will continue to win until Jesus comes. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Quickly, let me give, show you about four or five people in the Bible that were, were the enemy attacked their destiny. All right? In Genesis chapter 4, you can write it down if you can, from verse 1 to 10 is about Cain and Abel. The destiny of Abel was terminated by Cain, his brother. And Cain killed Abel. And that was the end of Abel. The reason why Abel came to this life was aborted, was terminated by somebody. And the reason for this spiritual warfare we are about to do is to make sure that nobody terminates your destiny. No devil truncates your destiny. That's the reason why we want to do this spiritual warfare. Amen. Number two example in the Bible of destiny termination. Jezebel wasted the destiny of Naboth. Naboth, 1 Kings chapter 21, from verse 1 to 16, talk about Naboth. This man, Naboth, has a vineyard, and um, Ahab wanted the vineyard. 
And he told the king, I cannot give you my father's inheritance. And Jezebel was mad about that and plotted against him and killed him. And that was the end. He could not fulfill the reason why he was born. Another example in the Bible was Herod. Herod in Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3. Acts 12, 1 to 3. Herod killed James with a sword. Cut his neck off. If James were to be alive, he would have won many souls. He would have taken the gospel to many places. But Herod abruptly terminated the destiny of James. And that was not enough. When he saw the Jews were happy about that, he grabbed Peter and put him in prison, intending to destroy him again the next day. But the church said no. And there was a summon of emergency prayer meeting. And the church entered into spiritual warfare. And in the middle of the night, while Peter was in prison, the angel came to get him out of there because people did spiritual warfare prayer. Hear me. God is about to release your destiny from the hand of destiny destroyer. You will not die prematurely. You will not die untimely death. You will live and fulfill the purpose of your life. Let me tell you, if Jesus tarries to come for the next hundred years, some of us will still be here. For the next 50 years, some of us will still be here. All right? Because of this prayer you are about to pray, you are going to live and fulfill your purpose on earth. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right. The religious Pharisees, they murdered Stephen. Stephen in Acts chapter 7 Acts 7 from 57 to 70, Stephen was murdered by the Jews, by the religious Pharisees. Destiny Terminator. In Acts chapter 12 verse 5, we read about how church through prayer brought Peter out of prison. Prayer is the master key. If you must live long, you must learn the art of warfare. You must learn how to fight spiritual battle. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, Matthew 11 verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, suffered violent, and the violent takes it by force. Tell somebody, say, take it by force. Say that again. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you got to take it by force. Take your health by force. Take your blessings by force. Take your finances by force. Shout amen if you can. Prayer. 
spiritual warfare. All right. There's a prayer here which I want you to pray before we get a little bit into the lesson. Prayer that you're going to pray right now is, Arise, my father, and deliver me from evil forces assigned to terminate my destiny. Raise your right hand. Say, Lord, I thank you for making me to be alive this morning. Say, Lord, arise and deliver me from evil forces assigned to destroy my destiny in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Number two, see, keep your hand up. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell somebody, say, keep your hand up. <laughs> say, Lord, by the power of the blood of Jesus, I terminate every gang up about my destiny in Jesus' name. I destroy every conspiracy of the enemy against my destiny in Jesus' name. Wave that hand for Jesus. Wave that hand for Jesus. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you one personality in the Bible. And his name is Jabez that used spiritual prayer warfare to recover his destiny. His name is called Jabez. Everybody say Jabez. Now, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, from verse 9 to 10, this is wonderful. You will love what God did in the life of that guy. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 9. He said, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grip me. And God granted him that which he requested. I'm telling you, every prayer you are going to pray in this sanctuary today, God is going to answer you in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Now, Jabez was a guy that has destiny. He understood the program of God for his life. The Bible talk about Jabez. He said he was a honorable man among all his brethren. In other words, he knew that his destiny, he was destined to be great in life. So there are six things or seven I want you to know about Jabez. And then we go into prayer. Six things I want you to know about Jabez. 
Number one, his destiny was packaged in greatness. And that's why the Bible says he was a honorable man among his brethren. I don't know how many of you your mama had. I don't know how many siblings you have. But God is asking me to tell you this morning. Among your mother's children, there is something about you. There was something about Jabez that stood him out among his mother's children. There's something about you that is outstanding among all that your father had, among all that your mama had. I stand on this altar of holiness according to the order of Melchizedek. I decree in the name that is above every other name. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, that the greatness of your destiny, let it begin to manifest from this very day that you are receiving this word, the greatness of your destiny, the greatness of your destiny, the honor in your destiny, the greatness in your destiny, let it manifest right here and right now in the name of Jesus. I don't care what people say about you. I don't care who if people say you're not going to be anybody I don't care what people say about you but I know one thing that there is greatness on the inside of you God has locked up something big on the inside of you that greatness in you let it begin to come out right now let it begin to come out right now let it begin to come out right now can somebody shout yes yes the Lord said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayers and supplication, with thanksgiving, always cast all your cares upon me, for I always care for you. I know the thought that I have for you are the thought of good and not of evil. I have something good at the end waiting for you there is a miracle right here this morning that have somebody's name on it your name is on your miracle your name is on your package your name is upon it your name your name is on it nobody can take what belongs to you because it belongs to you can somebody say I receive it mama ma. Jabez was a honorable man that was the package of his destiny. Number two thing about Jabez, his battle of life began from his mother's womb. His battle started from the womb of his mother. How do I know that? The Bible say that his mother called him Jabez because... He had passed through so many sorrow in the course of, you know, conception and delivery of this baby. From the day she took into this baby, 
The enemy knew that there is greatness in the womb of this woman. The enemy knew that this child in the womb of this woman is not an ordinary child. He's coming into this life to be a great man, to be honorable. And that is why they began to attack the baby from the womb. I know, I know many of you see that here. Your battle started from your mother's womb. They attacked your mother to make sure that she could not have you. But Thank God you overcame in the womb of your mother and you were delivered. And from the age one to this very age, you have been passing through series of battle, but you are still here. You are still here. I always tell the devil, I say, devil, you can get mad for all I care. I am still here. No matter what you throw on me, I am still here. No matter how many battles you put before me, I am still here. I don't care to know who, who you have served. I am still here. You came to take my life. I am still here. Many times the devil came against you, but somehow, somehow, the Lord came to your rescue and you are still here raise your voice and say thank you Lord, Lord. Woo, Jesus I'm still here I'm still here I was flying from Atlanta to come back here that was on the 28th of um, on the uh, that was uh, 2015 2015, September 28. That was about four days or some few days after my birthday. I was in a plane that was about to crash in Pensacola. Our engine got blown out in the middle of the air. Pow! And everybody was scared. And there was smoke all over the plane. And everybody screaming and scrambling. And that was my first time of experiencing something like that. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to speak in tongues. <laughs> but speaking in tongues was not flowing anymore in my mouth. Because fear was on this corner. And faith in God was on this corner. I, I say, Lord, look, faith in God is not the absence of fear. Sometimes fear is still there. But you still hold on. <laughs> I call on Jesus. I say, Lord, is that how it's going to end? Oh, I'm a man of destiny. I can't die in a plane crash. I was supposed to preach that evening in 8 Mile in Isaiah 61. And the plane was in trouble. And everywhere, you know, smoke in the whole cabin. And everybody was panicking, and but I was praying. I don't even know if I was speaking the tongue well, but I, but I was praying anyway. Hallelujah! I said, Lord, please, just in case there is any sin hiding somewhere which I'm not aware of, please can you cleanse me, Lord? That was the first prayer I prayed. Because I thought that in the next minute I'm going to stand before Jesus face to face. So I better get myself fully ready. Say, Jesus, please let your blood search me out now. If there is any sin hiding anywhere in my life, 
please, Lord, that can stop me from seeing you cleanse me right now. <laughs> People always face the reality when life comes to an end. And the announcement went, we are going back to Atlanta right now with one engine. And we hope we can make it to Atlanta. I said, yeah, in the name of Jesus, will we make it to Atlanta? Lord, we're going to make it to Atlanta. <laughs> My goodness. And we turn around and it's going to take us another 20 minutes to get to Atlanta. I said, God, let this plane land, please, Lord. I don't want to die. And the plane turned around and we're going back to Atlanta. And when we got close to Atlanta, there was, the weather was bad. And with one engine flying in bad weather, it has to be God. And I said, Lord, God, you know what? If this plane lands safely, I'm going to serve you more. <laughs> Please, let me land. I want to land. I want to see Mama Kay. I want to see my, my wife again. I want to see my kids again. And somehow, the Lord's mercy intervened for us. And we landed safely. And when we landed, you know, they opened all the doors of the plane, right, left, and all the six doors. And everybody was scrambling to get out first. <laughs> and guess what? I was pushing like John Cena. Get out of my way. You know, because I want to get out quickly. And as I just jump on top of something, slide me down. As my leg touched ground, I say, thank you, Jesus. And suddenly... I saw myself running like a new car <laughs> on, the, on the runway. I was running with all speed that I have. I don't know why I was running, but I was running to get far away from the plane as much as I can because I thought that in a few minutes, the plane is going to boom. That was what I was thinking. So, when I was running, I looked back. It was only me, the African man, <laughs> that was running on the runway. And I guess people were looking at me and I said, I stood up a bit. I said, why was I running? <laughs> and I laughed and returned back. <laughs> it was a glorious day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That was how the Lord saved me and delivered me because I need to be here today to give you this message today. <laughs> Amen. So, Jabez was facing his battle from his mother's womb. And that's what you, you have survived so many things. I've just mentioned one of my own. But you have survived many things 
And thank God that you are here today. Say amen. amen. The third thing I want you to know about Jabez, his circumstance gave him a name. His circumstance gave him a name. What's the meaning of Jabez? Sorrow. Who? Who bears that kind of name? Sorrow. And when his mother gave him the name Sorrow, it was because of the circumstances that she went through. Pains and sorrow. All through the nine months was sorrowful for Jabez's mama. And Jabez's mama said, the best name to give this baby is Sorrow. And the spirit of sorrow was released from hell against the destiny of this young innocent man. He turned to the right, sorrow. He turned to the left, sorrow. He moved in the front, sorrow. He looked at the back, sorrow. He was clouded in the midst of sorrow. A lot of people bear name, they don't even know why they bear the name. If I tell you, if the name I'm bearing has a negative meaning, I change it right away. I change it right away. I cannot bear, you can't give your child name snake. Or you, you can't, you can't do that. Because the spirit of the demons will be released to work in his life according to snake. So Jabez was given a name and he rejected that name. He prayed against that name, a spiritual warfare prayer. Hallelujah. Number 14 about Jabez. Number 14 about Jabez is everything about his life was upside down. Everything about his life was upside down. That's number 14 you should know about Jabez. The number 15 you should know about Jabez, he enforced his destiny in the war room. He enforced his destiny in the war room. And I want everyone here to know that Jabez turned to the God of Israel and he cried to the God of Israel in the war room. What do you do when everything is against you? Who do you run to? When you look up to heaven, you look right and left and help is not coming from anywhere. Who do you call upon when you find yourself in the middle of a storm? What do you do? What do you do? But for Jabez, he called on the God of Israel. And I know that that kind of calling is not like ice cream type of prayer. It's not. It's not like, I know, our young ones, our children coming up, they pray, you know, civilized prayer. You know what civilized prayer? In Nigeria, we call it Ajebota prayer. You know, prayer of, you know, Lord, are you still up there? Can't you see what I'm going through? God, please, you have to help me. And get me out of here. You talking like who don't know that you have authority? Is that how a king will speak? The Bible says wherever the word of a king is, there is power. 
So you are going to speak like a king and speak like a prince and a princess in the kingdom of Zion. You are going to speak. And when you speak, then God will respond to that. Do you know what the scripture is saying? In Matthew chapter 18, in verse 18, he said in his word that whatever you shall bind on the earth, that is what I will bind in heaven. Whatever you lose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then in verse 19, he says, If two of you shall agree as touching anything on the earth that you shall ask, it shall be done for you of my Father in heaven. And then in verse 20, he said, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Do you believe the Lord Jesus is right here? Do you believe the Lord Jesus right here? If you believe, shout Jesus! Jesus! My goodness. And man, this guy was in the war room. Battling it out with God. And said, God, I know what my destiny is all about. I am destined to be more honorable than all my siblings. But look at my life. I'm just a shadow of myself. Look at my life. I'm just, my life is upside down. God, God, please come to my rescue. And God said, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer you. He called upon the name of the Lord and the Lord God granted him what he asked. And today God is going to grant you your answer in Jesus' name and the saints of God will say amen. amen. Can you say amen? amen? Then number six and the last one, the real prayer outline of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez was outlined into five points of prayer. The prayer of Jabez was outlined into five. And that's what we are going to pray right here today. One of his prayer, he said, Oh Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, bless me indeed. That was the first statement of his prayer. He asked for blessing. What does that mean? It means that flush out of me. Symptoms of generational curses. That's what it means. When you say, God bless me, you are saying, Lord, every generational curse in me that has prohibited the manifestation of your blessing flush out. Because opposite of blessing is what? A curse and Jabez was praying out his mind, asking God for blessings, and God listened to his prayer. Flush out. There are so many things that has hindered our blessing. The curse, generational curse. There are so many things you are suffering now that is not your making. You are just suffering it because it Pass through the bloodline, through the DNA, from A to B, from B to... It's just inherited. You, you did not bargain for it. You did not ask for it. But it just happened in your life and it hinders your blessing. It hinders your, your health. It hinders you. Oh my God. It transcends from one generation to the other. It's a curse that flows through the bloodline. And guess what? Jabez said, Lord... 
Right now, right now, release your blessing and flush out generational curse that has stopped your blessings in my life. From this very minute, I receive the blessing of the Lord. I receive the glory of the Lord. I receive the blessings of the Lord. And guess what? The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and does not add sorrow. In Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and does not add sorrow. So Jabez asks for blessing. How many of you want the blessing of God this morning? Hear me. The blessing of God maketh rich. Riches does not make blessing. But it is a blessing that makes riches. So what you need is not riches. What you need is blessing. When you have the blessing, riches will come. Blessings will come. Money will come. Everything that you need in life, it comes from the blessing of the Lord. You want to be debt free? That is the blessing of the Lord. You want to be financially elevated? That is the blessing of the Lord. You want to succeed and have financial freedom? That is the blessing of the Lord. Everything you need in life is embedded and infused into one word. The blessing of the Lord. If you need the blessing of the Lord, say, Lord, Lord. release, release. Your, blessing your blessing over me. Right now, flush out every generational curses that stop the flow of your blessing this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer number two, Jabez, number two prayer. He said, Oh Lord, enlarge my coast. That was his second prayer. Enlarge my coast. I tell you, when the blessing of God rests upon you, it opens door that your territory will be enlarged. The blessing of God upon Destiny Church we enlarge the coast of destiny from Bowen County to the rest of the United States to South America to Africa to Asia to because of the blessing of the Lord when God begin to bless his people the kingdom of God within your jurisdiction it expand it enlarge this is a prophetic word for every destiny member that you are here and God want to enlarge your coast God want to enlarge your coast God want to take destiny church across the Atlantic Ocean God want to take destiny church to the north part of this country God want to take destiny church to south part of this country because the vision is an international vision and we must enlarge raise your hand up in agreement with pastor Rife. raise your hand up say lord we stand by the vision of destiny to enlarge our coast over the world in jesus name can somebody say amen? amen? Oh, I don't know how much of time I have. Maybe about five more minutes or so, something. Um, <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, all right. Let me, let me say this and um, we go into prayer. Amen. Number three, is it three or two? Number three, he said, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me is a solicitation for God's mercy. That's talking about the hand of God's mercy. When the hand of God is so upon you, you fall into the midst of God's mercy. And what is mercy? Mercy means that the judgment you deserve, you have been declared free. You have been declared discharged and acquitted. Even though you are guilty, somebody now say, I by my mercy has declared you discharged and acquitted. That's what the mercy of God is. The mercy of God, the hand of God's mercy is coming upon somebody here. It doesn't matter what makes you feel condemned. It doesn't matter what makes you feel that, oh, God cannot answer my prayer oh I'm, I'm 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 a sinner my sin is so big god cannot listen to me the lord said my love and mercy is over you whatever you have done in the past you are no more guilty by the blood of jesus if only you say lord i receive forgiveness by your mercy the lord said to you this morning you are discharged and acquitted you are discharged and acquitted. Write this scripture down. First Samuel. First Samuel. Oh, I plead. Second Samuel 24, verse 14. The hand of God's mercy. Second Samuel 24, verse 14. David committed sin against God by numbering Israel. God said, don't do that. David went ahead against the word of God. And God said, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to deal with you for doing that. And God gave him option of the type of punishment. He said, choose. Either I, God, should deal with you or men to deal with you. And David told God, he said, prophet, man of God, I like to fall into the hand of God. Because his hand is full of mercy. If I fall into the hand of man, they will not see my ashes. I will be reduced to rubbles. Because man has no forgiveness in his dictionary. I rather allow God to deal with me than man to deal with me. Do you know? People can still hold against you what God forgave you long time ago. Do you know people do that? So it's a scary thing to fall into the hand of man. Because man will slaughter you. But God's hand of mercy. And then God began to punish Israel and people began to die. And David cried and said, God, it's me that sinned. Why are you killing these people? Please, Lord. And God told the angel, say, stop, enough. And that was how David was set free. The hand of God's mercy. Stretch your hand towards me here. I prophesy over you this morning. 
that the hand of God's mercy will discharge everyone here, will discharge you, and will release you from every condemnation, whatever is staring at your destiny, bringing condemnation against you. I pray for your release into freedom this morning. You are discharged and acquitted by the mercy of God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Number five and the last one. Is that? Yes. Number four, five, four. He <laughs> say, let your hand be with me, right? No, no, no. He say, number four, he say, keep me from evil. And that prayer Jabez prayed was for divine protection. Keep me from evil. That was his prayer. In Psalm 91, he said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of, of the Almighty. When you pray and say, Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. And then the rock of ages, Jesus, will cliff open. And you stand in him. You are protected. You are covered. You are delivered from every arrow of the enemy. It cannot harm you. It cannot touch you anymore. In the name of Jesus. And the Bible says... There are terrors by night. There are arrows that fly by day. But no one shall harm you because of God's protection. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So David pray, I mean, uh, Jabez pray for God's protection by saying, Lord, keep me from evil. Arrows of evil flying in the air. Arrows of destruction flying in the air. Arrow of sickness flying in the air. Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Protect me from evil. Protect my children from evil. Can somebody say amen? amen. And the last prayer that Jabez prayed, he said, keep me from grief. That evil should not grieve me. Keep me from grief. Whatever will make me to cry. Whatever will make me to be in Pains, whatever we bring grieve to my life, keep me from grieve that I should not be grieved. Whatever we give me, sleepless night, crying all through the night, Lord, keep me from grieve. In 2022, I pray for every soul hearing the sound of my voice that God will keep you from grief. There are things that bring grief to people. Death of loved one make you grieve. So when God keep you from grief, it means in your house, there shall be no loss of soul in your house. That is how God keep you from grief. You know, there are loved ones that you don't want them to die and leave you. God will keep their life because of your prayer. Thank you, Jesus.